Father God, we thank you for your word. We come to your word humbly. You say in your scripture that we are to receive your word with humility, that it becomes engrafted in us to the saving of our souls, to the making us whole. Lord, we don't look to within us, we look out to you. May your word be combined with the revelation of the Holy Spirit, causing true change, physical, emotional, spiritual, relational in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you know, we are continuing to be in the midst of what I would call a convergence of crises. A, we are in the midst still of a pandemic that has caused tremendous loss of life, that has caused record numbers of unemployment. The last three months, over 44 million people applied for unemployment. And we are also in the middle of a cultural pandemic in the wake of the ruthless murder of George Floyd at the knee of a corrupt police officer in Minnesota. And then two nights ago, Richard Brooks in the Wendy's parking lot shot, and it's all on video, and it's uh, very incendiary in our nation. It's caused uh, all kinds of reactions. It has shined a spotlight on racism and the devolution of our society. There's a cultural pandemic happening, and right along with the cultural pandemic, I'll I'll throw in there, there's also, it's, it's, there's a spiritual pandemic occurring that has occurred over the last number of decades as, as our nation as a whole, not each of us individually, but as a whole, has uh, wandered away from the, the moral standards of God's Word, the, the, the ethical ways that God lays out in Scripture for how we're to relate to each other, act around one another, live with one another. And so it's, we're, we're at this time where I just want to start out and say right off the bat, there is no place for racism in our society. There's no place for racism in the kingdom of God, certainly as well. And so I just want to take a step, a lead here and humble myself and, and pray the prayer that King David prayed in Psalm 51.10, where he humbled himself and he prayed. And, and I just want to pray it this way. He, he prayed, and I just pray it for me right now. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Any blind spots that I have concerning bias, concerning uh, not loving other people the way you love them. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Would you just join me? Let's just corporately. Lord, we humble ourselves. We're not going, well, what are you saying? No, Lord, we're right here just saying, Lord, here I am. You're the potter on the clay. Create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in us. Lord, we see that, that you are not caught unaware by all of this, but you have a plan. And you are calling 
the end time praying church to be part of your plan to release reconciliation, to release restoration in the earth today. Lord, would you make us the church colorblind? Would you open our eyes to be colorblind? Lord, that we would we would see that we would join in your story that one day we're going to be before your throne every ethnic group. Open our eyes, Lord, to celebrate diversity, knowing forever and ever we're going to worship you and love you from every tribe and tongue. And now you are sending your word out to the nations, calling them forth. So we just say, here we are today. Would you catch us up in your story? That we would see from your perspective what's going on in the earth today. That we would not just tolerate others, but you would fill us with fiery, holy love for our neighbors. That we would zealously care about them. Lord, they were not destined to go on a road to hell. You would went to the cross, you shed your blood so that every ethnic group, for the, the witness to all nations would come to know you, that they would come to know you, Jesus. So we just submit our hearts to you, submit our lives to you now. In the midst of this hour, when there's a, a Wendy's burning in Atlanta last night, Lord, at the same time, there was eighth graders praying in a, in a house here in Lake Travis where the holy fire of God was coming down. Lord, it only makes sense that in the midst of, of, of fires, of, of fury in our world, Lord, that you would release holy fire in this hour from heaven. So, Lord, set me on fire. I don't want to watch Rachel burn. I want to burn. Would you do that in us, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love your heart. I feel that agreement. I want to start out today doing something else, kind of just, I'm doing this to really illustrate something. Um, I want to hold up a mirror today to you. Now, this is kind of, it's dirty and it's kind of sad because I looked, pulled it out of the closet yesterday and it's got my dog's paws on it. (laughs) And he's gone to not be with us anymore. But but James 1.23 calls God's word a mirror. Now, mirrors reveal how others see you. The mirror of God's word reveals how God sees you. So I'm holding this up today so that you can see from God's word how he sees you. And in particular, he sees you, 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, as a minister of reconciliation. I mean, if ever the world needed ministers of reconciliation to rise up, how many of you know today's the day, now is the time for us to rise up, not in our own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. So in the the time I have, I want to share a little bit about what that phrase means. Maybe you've heard a message on being a minister of reconciliation. What does it really mean? I think the more we know what it means, the more we can walk in it. 
I don't believe God would call you and me as believers in Jesus to a ministry without empowering us to walk out that ministry. But how do we believe unless we hear and understand, right? So we're going to, to look at it from God's Word as well as just some other viewpoints. But So Lord, I just ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation right now, Lord, to help us to see how you see us. And may we step into that in Jesus' name. So paragraph A, Roman numeral 2, the uh, dictionary defines reconciliation as the restoration of friendly relations or the action of making one view or belief compatible with another. And so many times we are, we are let me stop right there and say so much, so much of what's happening in our world today is, is people are divided into these two, these camps, you know. Is God on our side or their side? We see the divisions all over. In Joshua 5, we learn from that where Joshua, the Lord, it's really the Lord, the angel of the Lord, capital A, angel of the Lord comes to Joshua and Joshua says, are you on our side or theirs? And the Lord says, no. He doesn't answer Joshua's question. Joshua's saying, God, are you with us or are you with them? And, and the answer is no. And what that says to me is God wants his church to not, to not have, have us call him to our side. He wants us to get on his side. I want us to be on his side because when we're on his side, then we can be true ministers of reconciliation. Now, I like this definition from, from the dictionary. I want us to have good, friendly relations. I want us to have views that are compatible. But sometimes when they're com compatible, doesn't mean we compromise, right? We don't compromise a view to just say, oh, let's be reconciled to each other. So when I see this, I say that's all well and good to have reconciliation. But what, you know, men... And people over the centuries have tried to uh, achieve societal reconciliation to, with very little success in many cases. And so, so what's the answer? How is true reconciliation take place? I want to show you, a, um, I, I, send, I tend to, to think of old commercials. So I want to show this commercial from 1971 <laughs> when I was 12 years old. But this shows, and see if you can pick out what's missing, what's the missing ingredient in true living in harmony with one another. We, we, all want to, we all want unity and harmony, right? It's a good thing. But look at what they're, what, look at, watch this video and see if you can find out and pick out what's missing. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow up Everybody on pass around cokes right now, everybody. So white turtle does. I'd like to teach the world to sing. Sing with me. That's a desire of ours. I'd like to buy the 
Catch what's missing? Jesus. They, they're holding bottles of Coke. And uh, last time I checked, that didn't exactly break down walls. But it's the sentiment. Ma- mankind is, is craving and longing for this. But the answer to true reconciliation is found in Jesus Christ. It's found in... Even more, as we'll see, it's found in the cross of Jesus. Paragraph B. Let's look at biblical reconciliation. Ephesians 2, 15 through 18. Having abolished in his flesh, that's Jesus on the cross, the enmity, the hatred. That is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. So as to create in himself one new man from the two. Original context here, Jew and Gentile, but all kinds of groups that are at odds. One new man from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. True and lasting reconciliation will only take place through the power of the cross. But here's the tension. Most people don't see peace and and restoration and reconciliation coming through the cross. They see it rather from their own best efforts. Now, I applaud government's efforts. I applaud, applaud other kinds of efforts. But ultimately, there's not true peace without the Prince of Peace. There's not true and lasting reconciliation without ministers of reconciliation, bringing people to the cross, bringing people to get right with God through the blood of Jesus and thereby having their hearts filled with love to where they can be right with one another. When we were dating, Suzanne and I, my greatest prayer was, Lord, help me to love her right. And I was very well aware I could not love her right unless God filled me with his love for me and for her. And then one time I was at a Luby's. I was single. I was at a church in Rockwall, Texas. And and I'm eating by myself, eating my Luann plate and chicken. (laughs) Fried chicken, mashed potatoes. Anyway. Mm, Come on. But there were all the, there were like a hundred young pastors from around the nation going to this church. It was Church on the Rock in Rockwell. They were going and, and all these young ministers. And I, and, and, and I said, oh, you know, I was, I was one of the ones there at the, with all these pastors. And the Lord said, Glenn, I, I, the way you love Suzanne is the most important ministry you will ever have. I'm watching how you love her more than anything else you will ever do. And I about choked on my food there. (laughs) But I knew I had to have God's love fill my heart or there wouldn't be the true flow back and forth. 
So look at this phrase. I, I totally didn't plan that. That just came out. But anyway. Minister and reconciliation, paragraph C. What is a minister of reconciliation? The Greek word minister is diakoneon, and it means one who serves. Someone may, you know, over the years, oh, I'm a minister. I'm a minister. Oh, oh you mean you're one who serves. <laughs> you're a servant of rec- that, so that it's diakoneon, one who serves. And then reconciliation is the, the New Testament word in the Greek. There's katalege. There's an accent over the E. To change or exchange. To change back or be restored back into favor wow. with God and wow. with people. Wow. So ultimately, I held that mirror up. God sees you as one called to help others be restored back in their relationship with God. And when that happens, then relationship and love with one another. That's what a minister of reconciliation is about. Romans, Roman numeral three, the power to be successful ministers of reconciliation. As I've already said, it's the power of the cross. But let's look at this verse. Ephesians 2.16, that he... The Lord Jesus might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. We read it earlier, but I just highlight it here. As racism is being confronted today, this is how passionately Jesus deals with racism. You have to look no further than the cross to see that Jesus shed every drop of his blood so that the walls between men and other men, the walls between people, based on whatever kinds of divisions they have, that those walls of separation could be torn down. Key point, the power of the blood, as I've said it, but it gives us access to the love of God because he took away the walls between us and him. So that now we can come before God and receive his love. And then that causes the hatred to go away from us. We've already done it by praying that earlier. Lord, do that. We're just going to come. This is kind of a setup to communion that we'll be taking in a few minutes, which is the perfect picture of the cross. Ephesians 2.14, For he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who has made both one, and broken down the middle wall of separation. Where was the provision made to break down the walls of separation? It was the cross. Not a bottle of Coke. It was the cross. John 13, 34, 35. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. You know, Brooke, I was, had it, I was going to read John 17. And I had it in the notes, and for some reason the Lord said, take, take it out right now, because of, and then you read it. <laughs> the Lord wanted that in. Social reforms are important, but people need a heart change. Ezekiel 36, 26, we, we need our, a heart of stone taken out. That's what happens when you come to Christ. And you get a new heart, a heart change, a heart of flesh, a heart that's tender. 
Now, do I walk around saying I've got it all? I know daily I sign up again. Lord, let me walk with that new heart to love people right. That's what it, it enables us to love one another. I, uh, for years, we had, I would serve as a site lead for the Central Texas Food Bank every first Saturday of the month here at Apache Shores. And, um, and, and they started a few years ago. Before you could hand out food, you had to listen to a presentation on not being prejudiced. And then you'd listen to the presentation and then you'd sign saying you listened to it and you agreed with it. Well, you can sign a piece of paper and listen and nod your head, but if you don't have a heart change... So what we're talking about is lasting change. And God's called us as ministers of reconciliation. You're salt and light. God's called us. What does it say on the wall when you walk in? Move God's heart, change the world. We change the world one new heart at a time. So Lord, use us in this way. Two words, Roman numeral four, I guess it is. Action steps. I want to give us some action steps that we can take to be successful in our, the ministry of reconciliation. Action steps. And, and so there, there are two specific words with, you know, I, put, I brought the cross up here today just to show this. Because these action steps are related to the two directions that the, the cross signifies. Two directions that the blood of Jesus affects. There's the vertical versed and then the horizontal. And the vertical, the action steps we take. Number one, to be a minister of reconciliation, we, we've got to get this right between us and God. We it's upreach, then inreach, then outreach. It's holy calisthenics. Now, I, I could do this. I could, I could have us be a, a little Compass Kids class, but I'm not going to do it. I could say, everybody stand up. All right. Upreach, inreach, outreach, <laughs> upreach. In. But it's really the three steps on how we become ministers of reconciliation. Upreach to get this right, two key words reveal and fill. Reveal some things to my heart, Lord, and then fill me with your love. That gets that's the first thing. It's upreach, Lord, would you reveal and fill? In reach is then the Lord reveals back to your mind, and he fills your heart. Then when your heart's filled, ah, then you can outreach. Then you outreach with authority. You outreach with true love. You know, people can smell fake. They can smell authenticity, and they can sm smell fake. And right now, people are looking, who's real and who's Memorex, right? Nobody got that joke except Craig, right? Three things I ask that the Lord put in my heart for us to 
ask in, in our upreach, Lord, would you reveal these things so that I could have this flow with you? And they're related to going to the cross so that I can help others come to the cross and receive what they need. Lord, would you reveal sin in my life? Would you reveal your love for me? And would you reveal divine wisdom so I would know how to love other people? So I'd know how to demonstrate your love. Lord, reveal sin in my life. We know what to do when God reveals sin, right? We take it to the cross. We repent, we confess, and he's ready to forgive. The blood of Jesus cleanses us continually. It is not your job to try to figure out what sin is going on. But sometimes we, we get convicted of sin. We, we know right away. Other times, it's when we get in the prayer room. And we start singing and start in his presence. But, but let's, let's be, we be proactive. Lord, reveal anything in my life that is, that is sin that I could take care of it. You see, the enemy wants to bring us condemnation. The Holy Spirit wants to bring us conviction. There is a difference. Yes. Condemnation is the enemy just wants you to feel bad. And doesn't really tell you why you should feel bad. He's just like, I just want you to feel condemned. Condemnation is from the enemy and it's vague and it's oppressive. And it's just go put, just go sit in the penalty box a while until you just feel good and like you've paid for your, for your guilt. And that's happening a lot in our world right now. It's this vague condemnation. Let the, whole, the Bible says the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. So it's the finger of God pointing out something. So I say, Lord, would you reveal anything in me that's not a clean heart so that I can deal with it? So... so but when the Holy Spirit then convicts, he points something out, and then we can repent of it. But I just want to say this in light of our current climate. Don't ever apologize for the color of your skin. Don't ever apologize for what family you grew up in, what nation you were born in, what socioeconomic level you were born in, because this is... My opinion, but I believe it's of the Lord. If you are apologizing for the color of your skin, in a sense, you're telling the Creator He made a mistake. You're insulting the Creator who loves you, who has the hairs of your head numbered, who sent His Son to die for you, who collects your tears in a bottle. So let's, 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 let's leave it to the Holy Spirit to point out what's going on. Reveal sin in my life that I could deal with it. Reveal how you feel about me. 1 John 4, 19 says we can't really love until we experience how he loves us. So ask the Lord to give us love, to give you revelation of how he loves you. For, uh, Psalm 4 Verse 6, King David said, Lord, would you lift up the light of your countenance upon me? 
Show me how you feel about me. This is so key, and I don't have time to go into it. But spend time as a gatekeeper in the prayer room. Just, Lord, how much do you love me? Tell me again. You may, you may say, well, that sounds egotistical. No, because the more, the more we can experience how he feels about us, even in our brokenness, brokenness and weakness, that gives us confidence before him to be a minister of reconciliation. If you're walking around with guilt and unconfessed sin and you're, and you're in the penalty box, how confident are you going to be to be a minister of reconciliation? So we got to deal with sin so we're confident. we got to deal with the I don't think God really likes me issue. Then we have confidence. He loves me. I'm his favorite. He gave me taco shells at H-E-B when there weren't any taco shells. He hit them around. I was craving taco shells. I told you that story. I said, Lord. And it's like, the Lord's like, yeah, you're my favorite. I really love you, Glenn. Thank you, Lord. Now, that may not have meant anything to anybody else. But when I get a craving, I got a craving for crunchy taco shells. All right. Third, ask him to reveal wisdom. Wisdom from above. How do we act right now? What are we to do in this hour? He will give you divine wisdom. Suzanne told me something my daughter shared yesterday at Brave Love that really was powerful. She said, with all this uh, tumult in our nation right now and all the rioting, looting, all the reactions, all the, the hatred spewing. Uh, she, said, she said, the Lord's grace said, Lord, how do I do? What do I do with this? And the Lord said, Ask, pray for wisdom for police chiefs and mayors. I love that. What a great, I mean, God answered that prayer. Prayer for wisdom for those in authority. And so we know what to do. Rachel, you all can get, kind of get started here. Because uh, I really want us to camp out on this point. Reveal and fill. Once you reveal sin so I can confess it, once you reveal your love for me so that I can be confident, once you reveal wisdom to me to know how to express love and reconciliation to others. Lord, I need you to fill me. Fill me with your love. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is poured out into our spirit, into our hearts, into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So that, like me at that Luby's, I was like, Lord, I'm an empty gas tank. I need you to fill me with your love. Because it's true right now. Guys, we are, we are in a Matthew 24 moment where Matthew 24, 12 says, it says lawlessness will abound. Jesus says this is the, the climate in the generation of my return. Lawlessness will abound. And same breath, the love of many will grow cold it doesn't have to happen in your life in your family it doesn't have to happen in the people God shows you who to reach out to with true reconciliation leading them to the cross when you say Lord would you fill me 
with your love. I've been on a number of mission trips to nations, Latin America, Africa, Middle East. And each time I'm on the plane, I start getting these jitters like, oh no, I don't know if I'm going to love these love them right. It's such a different culture. And I, I'll say, Lord, mark this in your heart. Lord, I don't feel like I can lo- I'm loving them right. Would you escort me into your heart for this culture? Would you escort me into how you feel about the Jews in Israel or how you feel about this other nation? And you know what? I didn't just be nice to them when I got off the plane. I burned with love for them. And it was like they were the, they were, I heard Ben talking about this yesterday. They were my heroes, these believers in Jesus. There's more in the notes. For the reason I'm stopping here, we're going to begin to prepare to receive communion is because when this is right, then this flows. When he's revealed and filled, I want the Lord to fill us today with his love. When the love is filled and flowing, then we minister out of the overflow. We say the right things that need to be said We do the right things. I've got a number of things in the notes, practical ways to be a minister of reconciliation. And we could take a whole time. You could do a whole home group on it, a whole discussion group, how to. But I believe the Lord today wants us to say, Lord, fill me with love. You may may say, you know, I'm I'm feeling good. But maybe there's an area where you're just kind of indifferent to people. Maybe people in your family, others. And the Lord's called us to not be just indifferent or tolerate, but to celebrate and to zealously have His heart for others. So I'm just going to ask Rachel to just Before we receive communion, let's just take a few moments, worship team, and just where you're sitting, just ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with love. Love of God.